gentlemen and non-binary friends, welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues, where we bring you casual chats with the stars of TV, film, and Broadway. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Joining me today is an actor and filmmaker you've seen on Law & Order SVU, Chicago Med, and he's starring in the hit CBS comedy, Ghosts. Please welcome Mr. Asher Grodman. Asher, welcome to Actors with Issues. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you so much for, for having me. This is very exciting. So we always start with a quick rapid fire round of questions. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're going to put 90 seconds on the clock and see how many of these you can get through. Let's go. And we'll start with an easy one, coffee or tea? Coffee. A TV or film? Ooh, uh, at this point, TV. Drama or comedy? Uh, drama. Hero or villain? <sighs> Hero-ish villain. <laughs> Anti-hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stage acting or screen acting? Uh, screen acting right now. Uh, favorite comedy series? Oh, God. Um, there was nothing that I craved more uh, than getting home in high school Tuesday nights to watch Scrubs. So while that is not, I'm sure that is not my answer in my life. I'm going to go with that because it's top of mind. It was just, it was, I, I, I loved that show. Those first few seasons. Uh, what was your first non-acting job? My first non-acting job was probably uh, either, I believe it was either tutoring the SATs or I was a substitute teacher in South Central LA and Compton, um, which was very hard. <laughs> uh, what is the last show you binge watched? The last show I binge watched was, um, oh my God. Uh, what was the last show I binge Oh, oh, Ted Lasso, which was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and last question, uh, describe your most memorable audition in three words. Uh, and memorable can be good or bad, so Dealer's choice. I'll leave that up to you. Um, I, I would say uh, validating, vindicating, <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, spontaneous. Validating, vindicating, spontaneous. Did that happen to be ghosts? No? no, it wasn't. It was the one that happened immediately before Ghosts. <laughs> so Asher, um, obviously no two actors' journeys are alike. So when did you first start acting? And when did you make the decision that you wanted to pursue it full on as a career? Well, I, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And um, uh, so, and I had just a ton of social anxiety and, and <laughs> probably still do. Um, and I was dyslexic, so I had a lot of insecurities about just anyone watching me do anything. Um, so I was the only kid in my whole school who wasn't in the school play. Mm -hmm. uh, and the next year, my mom forced me to do it only because I had, and then I agreed only because I had a crush on a girl who was in the show. Um, and then the next year, I was somehow, I was like hiding in the back of the school jazz band and playing guitar. And I couldn't play guitar. I, I had no skill set at all. Um, and then everyone graduated <laughs> and then there was no one left in the school jazz band and suddenly I had to start doing things. And I, I was just in love with this little, in the seventh grade with this girl, um, whose name I will not say. Um, but, uh, I somehow 
got up the nerve in front of the whole school in front of like a thousand kids uh we were gonna do brown eyed girl and there was no one to sing it so i sang it and i changed the words to hazel eyed girl for her uh which doesn't even it doesn't fit like the the, the rhythm or anything like that um but and of course that backfired like she wanted nothing to do with me she was humiliated <laughs> it was just a complete disaster but um there was an exhilaration in that and kind of a, I think a sense of like feeling connected to a community that came from that. Uh, and that kind of connection to other people, you know, I think a lot of actors, that's what draws us to this and that and storytelling and, and just feeling part of something. Um, so that was the beginning of it. And then I realized I wanted to start doing it um, when I, um, I ended up being like the lead in the school play the next year, which is mind boggling. So I got validation from that, which I hadn't ever really gotten before. And then something in the beginning of high school, I was like, maybe this is what I'm doing. Like this, this is so much fun. And everyone in the world is telling me I can't do it. So I think this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were always very supportive, but everyone we talked to be like, it'll never happen. It's impossible. You cannot do it. You will not be successful. Um, which I guess motivated me to keep going. And after um, all of that, where did you end up going to college? And did you get your like theater degree or drama degree? Or did you study something else? I went to college at Columbia, um, but I was at a point at that point where uh, I was auditioning for pilot season because I was a kid who looked a certain way and uh, it was and I was never getting any pilot. And then I tested for one in my junior year and I kind of made a deal with myself that it was um, commander in chief with Gina Davis. And I, I flew out to LA and it was like a studio test, this whole like cool thing. And I made a deal that was like, if you, if I get this, I will do it and that'll be it. But if I don't get this, no matter what happens, I'm going to college. I only applied to one school. It was Columbia where I had wanted to go my whole life. I obviously did not get uh, commander in chief. And so I went back and I was like, I'm going to, going to college. Um, and I studied uh, film and English actually, because I was working with mm -hmm. some acting teachers in New York who in retrospect were very damaging and very bad um, for me because it sent me down a lot of bad uh, uh, paths. Um, and then uh, in college, I started getting my head on straight about, okay, what's my job here as an actor? What am I doing? Um, and then after that, I went to grad school in San Francisco at ACT. Um, yeah, and then after that, I moved to LA. I was there for uh, three years and then came back to New York three years later. And, and honestly, it wasn't until I came back to New York that I started booking film and television. I think there was like an eight year period where I couldn't get, I was, I'd basically been unemployed for 18 years. Uh, <laughs> there was an eight year period where I, I couldn't get a single television job or anything. I was doing some theater um, while I was in LA. Uh, but yeah, I had like no signs that this was ever gonna work. So like, you know, once you came back, you, you've done a lot of sort of everything you've done television, film, uh, New York theater, especially my, my editor from Media Village actually saw you in uh, Art Fuckers. Oh my God. <laughs> he mentioned, he told me, I forgot to mention it in our last interview, um, but he was like, oh, tell him I saw him in this show. <laughs> and I was like, I will. <laughs> Please apologize to him for me. <laughs> so wow. between theater and, and film and television, is there any that you prefer over the others? Look, there's a, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing. I probably my favorite thing I ever did was I got to do Amadeus at South Coast Rep when I was living in LA. And that was such a thrill. Like it's Mozart and you're, and you're like, you're with the audience and the audience is with you. And it's this really wild, thrilling thing, but it's that moment. And then it's gone, you know, and, and memories fade. The only thing that, the only thing that kind of sticks with you the longest is how something made you feel. 
Um, so it's an exhilarating thing and I would love to do a play again. But right now there is a collaborative element of film and television uh, that I just think is so cool. And, um, and especially with our show, because there's so many like, you know, different voices and different, different um, elements that we're playing with. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't, I can't say that I prefer one to the other, but I'm leaning a little more towards the, the uh, television film world right now. Because you want to make something, especially I think, especially as I get older, I'm like, I want to make something that I can like touch, that I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we actually had um, Roman on our show. Yeah. Right? I think it was right after you guys made the pilot, you weren't picked up yet. So it was very much uh-huh. in that limbo. Um, so he talked a lot about sort of uh, processing all of that and just like, you know, we don't know anything yet. We hope so. But, you know, knowing how the whole industry works, you know, upfronts aren't until like May. So they don't make those decisions until right before. So it's like all this time you have to wait. Um, but just going back a little bit. So you you booked the role of Trevor, uh, a ghost of a Wall, of a young Wall Street broker on the pilot of CBS um, Ghosts. And then it's eventually picked up series uh, months later. You guys find out at the very last minute. Uh, that you guys get picked up and then you have to make the move from New York to Montreal. Is that where you guys film? Yep. So what was that whole thing? Like, do you have any sort of advice for actors who might have to do that last minute? Uh, move? Well, lucky for us, lucky for us, it wasn't really the last minute because we found out in March of in March, March 31st last year that this was uh, going to be happening. And um, we didn't know exactly when, but we had a good enough heads up on it. For me, actually, it was a, uh, maybe maybe this is a psychological problem that i have but for me it, it it wasn't an obstacle for me because it was like i've been doing this alone for so long mm-hmm. and now someone is telling me what to do now they're telling me i need you in montreal on this date and it was like great <laughs> i'll be there <laughs> amazing like this is i'm not alone in this sea someone else is making some decisions and i'm part of a team mm-hmm. and so for me that was that was that was thrilling yeah and you know uh, just going back a little bit so during the time where you guys had started uh you did the table read and then covid shuts down basically everything what did you do during that time between the shutdown and then finally getting to back to the show what did you do during that to like stay creative um how did you keep yourself busy did you do like zoom script readings like every other actor out there virtual theater what was that time period like for you that's that's a great question. So there there are two things that I do. I I um for so long I was so bad at auditioning. I was really horrible at it, and it wasn't until I like kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and I was like, I'm just gonna make my life about this. And I would help anyone, anywhere, anytime with any audition. It didn't matter where I had to drive, where I had to go. I was just helping everyone. Mm. And around that time, I started like putting it in, was like structuring it into into my life. So I would be, I found some classes that I liked. Um, I work with this guy, Bob Krakauer, who's an on-camera guy who's just amazing. And in any given week, I'm doing like two classes where I'm doing two scenes. And then I also run, I started like a practice group of actors. And we get together every Monday, we still do scenes and people just bring in their auditions and we're working. So on any given week, I'm doing three scenes because I needed, um, I needed to be constantly doing stuff so that the audition I would get would be the fourth thing I did that week instead of the one thing I did that mm. week. So there was that. And then also when I moved back to New York in 2017, 
I, I had spent some time in LA. I was working as a substitute teacher. Uh, I think I alluded to earlier. Um, and, uh, and a friend of mine who I had known at uh, Columbia, who's a wonderful director, had just taken over the theater department at Hunter College. Mm-hmm. And Hunter had made this wonderful investment in their theater program. And, uh, and so I got back. I was, I was, uh, and I started teaching acting at Rikers Island as well. And then I got in touch with him and, and there was an opportunity for me to come teach there. So in the pandemic, I was teaching all of my college students online. Mm-hmm. So I'd be doing like four or three, you know, three scenes a week. Plus I'd be teaching two, three classes a week. Uh, and, and all the while hiding out on the farm where I grew up because uh, I was terrified of getting COVID and then losing, <laughs> losing this job on ghost somehow. Like yeah. what if we were going to shoot like a week and, and then I got COVID from, you know, a grocery store clerk or something right. I, you know, I don't know uh so yeah i just hold myself up and playing with the puppy and 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 just uh, immersing myself in scripts and looking back at the journey that you've had is there anything that you have learned that you wish you'd known earlier on something you know now that you wish you learned earlier yeah um the i find this stuff very hard because uh, the only person you will, the only person you will never see act is you. And so it is disorienting. Mm. It's very easy to get taken advantage of. And it's very easy for, you know, the process of being an actor. I, I'm, I have anxiety up the wazoo. I, you know, it, it is like the worst thing for mental health because you're constantly putting yourself out there. And there is that thing after someone yells cut, or you get to the end of the scene in, in the audition and there's that, three second silence, which feels like five minutes. That is agonizing. Yeah. And cause you know, you've just put yourself out there and now, and now what? Um, so I think my advice is surround yourself with people who you trust, um, embrace a focus on story rather than character or emotion. Cause you can lose a lot of time, uh, thinking about acting as though it's an, a solo sport as opposed to a, um, a team sport. Uh, and begin to develop a barometer for what, which feelings or which thoughts am I having because of something objective that's happened or mm-hmm. something that my brain is writing because no one else is filling the void with any kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. Or they're filling the feedback, filling that void with bad <laughs> things that may be irrelevant. So maybe taking everything with a grain of salt. Um, there's a lot of vulnerability in this and, and you have to take care of yourself, which almost feels antithetical when you're also thinking, well, it's so competitive. I got to keep fighting. I got to keep da, da, da. Right. You want to you be like, well, you didn't book that. You didn't book that. What's wrong with you? Da, da, da. And you can't operate that way. Yeah. Oh, and last thing I'll say, honestly, is uh, find a survival job that'll keep you in the game. There you go. Find something that you like to do that I love. I just enjoyed teaching. I, I loved it um, and uh, helped me pay bills and help me keep things straight uh, and stay in the ring long enough for something like this to happen. So with the name of our show being Actors with Issues, um, you did need to touch on so many different things. Um, so I'm many of my problems. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we, we have our guests um, touch on a, an obstacle that they've overcome um, that can be insightful to our audience of, of young actors. Folks have talked about 
uh, imposter syndrome, uh, having a business mindset, creating your own content, audition anxiety, so many things that they've touched on. We've done, we're around, we'll be at a hundred episodes, I think next month uh, or very soon. Um, This is a pandemic podcast. This was started because there was nothing else to do. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So is there anything that you um, are comfortable sharing an obstacle you've overcome? Um, you know, the, uh, the audition thing is a big one. And I know I, I covered that already. Um, something else that I had was, uh, like I couldn't talk. I had, I had a ton of vocal issues and I would just, uh, I'd spend a day like having a conversation and the next day I wouldn't be able to speak. And mm-hmm. so it's just, even when I did Amadeus, like I remember the, uh, we did previews and I lost my voice. And so then when like, like when opening happened and like reviewers came and everything, there was a Mozart who could barely talk, oh boy. <laughs> which is not a great thing for the show. Um, and it took me like a week or two to heal. Um, so I think that it's just, you need to be patient with yourself. You gotta be kind with yourself and find people who can be like a community with you, who you can kind of be your messy self with, because every obstacle, you can overcome every obstacle, but it's very hard to do it if you're disoriented and if you're alone. Something pretty common that a lot of our guests have talked about is sort of like finding your tribe and yeah. um, finding like your little actor support group to not just celebrate the wins, but also like, you know, try and get over the losses with and um, especially during COVID, if actors got especially lonely during this time because they couldn't even go to a bar and hang out with their actor friends or go to a class that was virtual and you couldn't have those little side conversations. It was just everyone's on a screen and that was it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's also a funny thing is even if you get like the job, especially in film and television, uh, let's say you like you book this guest star that you're thrilled about or something, but like like you finish shooting, cut, great, thanks. Like, it's not like everyone's like, hey, listen, that was really great. Da, 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 da. You're, you finish your scene, you worked with who you worked with, and then you're out. So we spend so much time, like the work, it may not give you the community, the work, the jobs may not give you the community you're looking for. Hmm. Uh, you have to create it yourself. And LA, because LA gives you nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, LA taught me that because I, I was like, I'm completely alone here. I need to find people. Um, who I admire and who speak a language that I like to speak and, uh, and, and will hang out with me. Awesome. So uh, before we go, uh, we always wrap up with a non rapid fire game. Um, so no need to worry about timing. Uh, it's called now that we know you since the first one's called getting to know you. This one's called now that we know you. Um, so we're going to just throw some questions uh, your way. So fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be. I think I'd be an architect if I was like, you know, hmm. went back to being a child like i think that's where i was probably headed uh what's something that you wish you had more time to do gosh i mean i always wish i had more time with my puppy (laughs) i always i mean it's just you know that's that's amazing for me oh another thing that i ended up doing was i started a i i'm a big football guy and i started like a weekly game of of just casual pick pick pickup football and i started Mm -hmm. that when i was in la and that's like the highlight of any week. And for actors, you know, find something that gets you in your body that you enjoy doing because that's like the best balm for anything. Um, who would you trade places with for one day? George Clooney. 
<laughs> good choice <laughs> right like what's a day in his life like <laughs> that sounds amazing uh if you're on a desert island somehow oh. there's a working tv and dvd player what three movies are you taking with you it's a mo- uh, movies not tv shows right correct yeah okay three movies uh dog day afternoon my favorite movie um maybe uh in bruges and um groundhog day well groundhog day would be very appropriate yeah i'll do groundhog day uh what actor has had the biggest influence on you uh phil hoffman or george clooney uh what's the best advice you've ever gotten Oh God. Um, oh, this is something that my dad always says is that things are only special if you make them special. Hmm. And what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, probably some acting coach trying to be like, you have to tap into, tap into <laughs> something. And I'm like, no, stop, please. Take out your trauma. It's like, yeah. Take out your trauma, yeah. <laughs> Anything I have, I I would argue that almost anything about acting that involves you having to meddle with your emotions is almost entirely a waste of time, particularly in television, because all we care about is the story. You may have an emotional response to it, but usually emotions is a response to something. So if you focus on the story and the relationships, that'll come. Yeah, that's my it's, that's my like <laughs> mini masterclass. <laughs> no, many, yeah, no, definitely not a masterclass, but maybe my little response to years of emotional abuse. And lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Um, treat yourself like you're your own son or daughter. Love that. That's what I would say. That's really good. Thanks. Uh, Asher. <laughs> so Asher, uh, thank you again for, for being here on Actors with Issues with us. Uh, for anyone that wants to follow you on Instagram, where can they find you? At Asher Grodman across all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I recently got a TikTok, which I have nothing, know nothing about. So <laughs> I've yet to cave. I still haven't gotten it. Okay, great. <laughs> Awesome. And you can all follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Monday. I'm Juaniala. That's Asher Grodman. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.